0: All right. Well, let's go out to the Progressive guest line. Progressive Insurance. What do your home and auto have in common? They're yours. And Progressive Protection both bundle today at progressive. Fred mentioned the Astros. We bring on Taylor McCarrick. Taylor, I got to ask you, as somebody that is a Philly area native living in Houston, Saturday night wasn't that fun for me. What was it like for you as a Houston guy living, being in Philly?
1: I got to tell you guys, I had uh, a wild Saturday evening. I went to a sports bar after my game was over, and I got to watch the end of the MLS Cup final, followed by the Phillies collapse. So it was it was very interesting to be a fly on the wall as uh, the Philadelphia teams dropped not one but two finals in the span of about five hours.
0: Yeah, it, it was a uh, it was a rough night for me, but uh, the Astros uh, certainly earned it, and I was just wondering how your experience was. Were you able to get a cheesesteak?
1: I did have a good cheesesteak. I'm drawing a blank on the place that I went to, but I I drove around to a few. There's apparently one of the favorites there is burned down, which is unfortunate. But um, no, I had a a good time. Weather was great. I think I'm actually headed there again next week, uh, but we'll see.
0: Okay, I got to ask you then, um, because Temple's my school, so I got to ask you, what were your impressions of uh, E.J. Warner on Sunday or Saturday?
1: I thought E.J. Warner played well, but Edward Sadie, over 300 yards in total offense. Uh, Temple's played football for a long time. First time in school history, they did not punt. Uh, So they had their way against South Florida, and ultimately it got Jeff Scott fired at South Florida as well.
0: Yeah, and why do you think it didn't work out for Jeff Scott there after, you know, he was one of the top assistants uh, with Dabo Sweeney at Clemson?
1: I think it was a couple things for Jeff Scott, but... Number one, I think some of it was they hit the portal pretty hard in the offseason, and a lot of it didn't pan out. And he's in year three, and it didn't feel like there, there was the progress needed. They're trying to fundraise right now for an off campus, or sorry, excuse me, an on campus stadium. And when you are, you've got one win against FBS opponents, and you're getting you know a fifty burger hung on you, hung on you by Temple, hard to go out and fundraise at that time. So. Um, I think he'll be likely back being a coordinator here real soon. But it was trending in the wrong direction. And it also just kind of looked like maybe his guys had quit a little bit on Saturday. And uh, anytime time that happens, makes it a little easier on the AD to, to part ways.
0: All right, Taylor, let's react a little bit to the rankings last night. As uh, I feel like this is kind of where they, they should belong with uh, number one, Georgia, number two, Ohio State, number three, Michigan, number four, TCU. And uh, the loss to Georgia for Tennessee, not super damning, still leaves the vols at five with a path to making it in. And uh, obviously, the Pac 12 still with some work to do. Your reactions to last night?
1: No, For as much outrage as I feel like everybody had, and I was included in week one of the rankings coming out, I felt like this was mostly pretty fair. Um, The thing that stands out to me in all of this, because one through really six, I think feels about right, LSU having two losses ahead of USC, I think maybe is a little bit interesting, but they do have the the win at home against Bama. I think UCLA at 12 is interesting because if you look at the resumes between UCLA and USC, I don't think UCLA is getting the credit that they deserve. And there still is a, an outside shot and a path for them to potentially uh, stick their nose in this towards the end of the year. But one through four, I think they got right. I like that TCU is up ahead of Tennessee. Um, but the good news for the Vols is really if you win out, there's a decent chance that they find their, their – way back into the conversation for the Final Four by year's end.
0: Yeah, and I do feel like, uh, like you said, uh, the Vols are are in a good spot here. And uh, when we look at TCU, I mean, now they control their destiny. And and we weren't saying that a week ago. And uh, I'll ask you this. How do you feel today about TCU's chances to win out? Because that's clearly what the Horned Frogs are going to have to do. I don't think a one-loss Big 12 champion is going to make it. And then, who would benefit the most here? I mean, it would probably be the Pac-12, right? If there was a TCU loss?
1: I think the Pac-12 certainly benefits. Um, I also agree with you, yeah, this is not a year that a a one-loss Big 12 champion is getting in. I think Texas being a favorite this week makes sense, and and the, the metrics go in favor of Texas in basically every direction. If you look at the really any of the analytics and the stats. Um, Texas being at home, I think, you know, they're probably three, three three-and-a-half-point favorite on neutral site, and then you boost them another three points for being at home. Texas also, if you take out Quinn Ewers being hurt, they're probably the best team in the Big 12 to this point this year, and especially if they can move past some of the fourth-quarter collapses. That's the only thing that concerns me is Texas has had a history of Building up a big lead, giving it away late, and look on the other side. That's what TCU's made their living doing, making those fourth quarter comebacks. So um, I think this year is also interesting because it sets up for really the Big Ten and the SEC, depending on how things shake out. Both of those conferences have the opportunity to get two teams in if they get some help. Taylor, uh, I wanted to ask you uh, did, did you imagine that when we saw that LSU Florida State game to start the season? Did we be talking about LSU as a team that could potentially win the SEC right now? No, and I wrote in gallery media that I thought early in the year, if we go back a few years ago, uh, Texas and Notre Dame played that, that wild game, that, the Texas is back game, and then both teams end up being awful that season. I thought that LSU-Florida State was going to be something similar to that, where we look up at the end of the year and it was a game that there was a lot of hype around and then it was inconsequential. Couldn't have been more wrong. Both of those teams are farther along, especially LSU, farther along than I expected them to be. And the, really the only outlier there is their loss at home to Tennessee. I think that's a it's certainly a blemish for LSU. Um, but, man, say what you want about Brian Kelly's fake accent, but he is – He's got an ability to win football games, and I think he's proven that uh, this move, he's talked about it. He wanted to go to LSU to have an opportunity to year in and year out compete for a national championship, and with two losses, it's not impossible. Now, they got to have some help, but it's not impossible that we get the first two-loss team in the college football playoff this year with LSU. Mm.
0: Yeah, Taylor, and then the other thing here is uh, you know, we were kind of wondering what would happen to Clemson after that loss, and, and they dip all the way down to 10. And and that's one where I, I just feel like the, the bottom could fall out pretty fast for the Tigers, especially the way they lost uh, getting blown out in South Bend. It just how do you kind of pick up the pieces if you're Clemson? I mean, it just seems like at this point, uh, you, you know, you better be prepared for, I guess, the Orange Bowl is where the ACC goes. So is that kind of how you see it?
1: Yeah, I think they're still ranked too high. I think Clemson mm-hmm. is, is – I could go all the way down to really NC State at 16 is the first team that I see that I would still have Clemson ahead of them. But Ole Miss, UCLA, Utah, all of those teams I would have ahead of Clemson right now because they're just inept on offense. And I, I, when you go to lose – and I understand Notre Dame has some good wins, but they've also got some really terrible losses when you think about – uh, marshall and stanford both at home and then clemson goes on the road and not only did they lose but they were never in that game um i don't think they deserve to be a, a top 10 team i think north carolina later in the year we're expecting clemson north carolina to be your acc championship i don't think there's any way clemson's going to score enough to keep up in that game I got to ask you about my uh, alma mater, and for the first time in forever, I I quit watching after the first quarter, mainly because the Astros game was starting. But uh, how the hell did UH give up seventy seven points? Uh, the Houston Cougars. Yeah. Well, so I have them this week. I've got Temple at Houston, and I'm we have our call with Dana tomorrow, and um, I, I will report back on how that goes. <laughs> I'm only about halfway through the tape right now. And, look, sometimes this happens in college football where uh, both defenses go sideways and they can't get a stop. And I, Houston, out of everybody in the American Conference, to me is the most disappointing because I thought this was a team that had a legitimate chance of going undefeated for the entire season, not just their conference slate. And it's clear that the production they lost for the NFL last year on defense. They did not recruit well enough behind them to hit the portal well enough to backfill those guys leaving because they've had holes on that side of the ball since the beginning. And I think the feeling for this team now is just trying you know get to the postseason, which they will if they beat Temple this week. But it, it's been a disappointment for the Cougars.
0: All right, Taylor, as we're on the way out here with Taylor McCarg, our weekly Wednesday college football guest. Uh Taylor, what is left here in terms of, you know, uh, we, we use the word snake in the grass or, or you know, sleeper, if you will. Like, it, it does feel like this thing from a playoff standpoint moving forward is relatively straightforward and, and, and there's still a pretty clear path for two SEC teams, whether it's LSU running the table or, you know, if Georgia wins out and then TCU, or excuse me, uh, Tennessee could still have a nice path. So it seems like, Things are crystallizing, and and Fred always brings up, well, usually we end up getting down to the best four teams. and It just feels like we're in a pretty clear path here, Ohio State-Michigan winner. We talked about what would happen if TCU loses. Is there a twist here to be had in the next few weeks in college football?
1: The only way that I think there's a real twist where we look up and say, man, this is different than years past, is what do you do? If Ohio State and Michigan play close, if that's a one score, right. last second field goal type of win, and then Alabama beats Georgia in the SEC championship, I mean, do you put two loss, excuse me, LSU yeah. over Georgia? Do you put a two loss LSU team in to the college football playoff, or is it Georgia goes in as a one loss after losing the SEC championship? I think that's where this has the potential to get a little screwy late, if you're a Pac-12 or a Big 12 fan, you're especially in the Big 12, you're hoping that you run the table. But then for the Pac-12, you need people to lose convincingly ahead of you, meaning you need Georgia to blow out LSU in the yeah, Conference Championship because right. it makes that Oregon loss look better from earlier in the year. Yeah. So I think there is the potential for some, some anarchy, so to speak, and some craziness for that four-spot late in the year. Um, I also think if there was ever a year that the Big Ten is going to get two teams in, yeah. there are some scenarios where it could happen this year.
0: All right. Well, there he is, Taylor McCarg, our weekly guest, Gallery Sports and uh, ESPN+. Plus. Fred,
1: final word? Oh, no, just uh, great stuff, man. Looking forward to your call on Saturday. And, uh, hopefully we'll uh, see some kind of defense out of Houston this week. <laughs> Well, I'm sure it'll be an improved performance. Uh, I will say, look, I don't know a lot of people haven't been paying attention to Temple, but Stan Drayton has their guys fighting. So if yeah. nothing else, Houston is going to get effort from Temple. Now, no. they've got much better athletes than Temple does. But their kids, they still care very much about their performances. So if Houston were to come out and just completely roll their helmets out there, it wouldn't completely shock me if this game is still, you know, relatively close in the second half, although it shouldn't be. Houston has top-down, much better talent than Temple does.
0: Yeah, no, I definitely picked up on that in watching some Temple games. I look back at, uh, I don't know if you've looked at the Memphis game yet, but, I mean, they were right in that game, you know, and I was like, wow, you know, they're just kind of mucking this thing up, playing pretty pretty good defense, and then reality set in. But, uh, you know, I I do feel like Stan Drayton so far is getting some good buy-in in in his first year.
1: Yeah, and look, this is probably the most coverage that Temple's going to get anywhere in the country, uh, Yeah. (laughs) for these last few minutes, which um, I think really the credit goes to D.J. Elliott and the defensive side of the ball. D.J. Elliott was one of my old coaches at Rice back in the day, and um, they're playing good defense. They play hard. They took Navy to overtime. They lost close to Tulsa. They're going to be improved, especially after they hit the portal next year. For Houston, again, they should be able to control this, have a a three-score win in this game. However, if they come out and you see some early turnovers and they expect that they're going to roll their helmet out and blow this team out and they're not focused, it wouldn't surprise me if Temple's hanging around in the second half of this game. All
0: right, Taylor. Thanks again for your time. We'll do it again next week.
1: Awesome. Thanks, guys.
0: All right.